Let's look into the word of the Lord this morning. And uh, we have been on the series on trust in the Lord. Our theme is on Jeremiah 17 verse 7. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Alright, trust in God. Uh, and uh, I trust that uh, you have been encouraged with the word. That in every area of life, you will learn even to trust the Lord. We have touched a lot on trusting God. And uh, this morning, I'd like to encourage you with the word of the Lord to continue to trust God in the journey of our life. Life is a journey, correct? We go through different stages. You see your children growing up. And there are different kinds of situations that we encounter. And it is important that in the journey of our life, we learn to trust God. And there are certain things that the Lord would want us to do. And we must learn how to respond even to God, leading us in the journey of our life. So this morning from Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1 to 8, I'd like to share on, it's time to move. Then your neighbor and say, it's time to move. Alright, don't move yet until you have learned, until you have listened to the message. Otherwise, you'll move the wrong way. Alright, so trusting God in our journeys. And uh, sometimes God just tells us it's time to move. And we must learn to obey the Lord. Shall we stand for the reading of God's word? I hope the words are big enough for you to see right from the top there. Can you read? Can, if you can, can you see the word? If you can, can you wave at me? Okay, that's great, that's great. All right, thank you. Now, it's uh, from chapter 1, verse 1 to 8, but I'll skip a few verses because there are a lot of names and all that. Sometimes it's some, uh, 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 difficult to pronounce even. But let's move on. Uh, chapter 1, verse 2. It is 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Now, it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to them. On this side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains and in the lowland, in the south and on the sea coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. Now, reading verse 1, sorry, reading verse 6 to verse 8 again in the New Living Translation, let's read it together. When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, You have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time to break camp and move on. Look, I am giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it, for it is the land the Lord saw to give to your ancestors. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all their descendants. The Lord had blessings to his word. Thank you. Please be seated. It is time.
to move. Now, our text is taken from the book of Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy is a fascinating book. Deutero means second or two, and nomos means law. So Deuteronomy basically means the second law. Not to say that God gave a second law, but it is a repetition of the law or a rehearing of the law. Because sometimes we tend to forget the word of the Lord. So God speaks to us a second time, third time, and many times even. And, uh, but in this case here, God is speaking to a new generation. Remember this one? Uh, 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 as, the, as the word of the Lord is given by Moses, it was at the end of the 40 years journey already. And a new generation has come out. A generation that may not have heard the word of the Lord as clearly as they should have. And Moses was speaking to a new generation. Those who were 20 years old and below when they came out of Egypt. And those who were born in the land of uh, in the wilderness journeys. The old generation, what had happened to them? Yeah, they were, all, they were all dead already except for Joshua and Caleb. And so Moses, as he stood at the uh, uh, mound and uh, looking across even the river Jordan, he rehearsed the law to the new generation of people who are going to enter in to possess the land. And uh, there, for about one month, for about one month, he repeated the laws to them. He told this generation of people all the great works that the Lord has done, all the miracles that they have experienced in their journeys in life. And then he renewed their vows unto the Lord, renewed their covenant unto the Lord, so that they are ready to face the next stage of their journey which will involve a lot of battles. It will be unlike what their forefathers or what their fathers have experienced. And so Deuteronomy, you know, 34 chapters and yet it is the most often quoted book in the New Testament. The, bo the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy was quoted at least 84 times in the New Testament, more than any other books. It shows how relevant, how powerful it is even uh, uh, for us. And in Jesus, in summary, what is the book of Deuteronomy? The word constant that constantly appears is remember. Everybody say remember. Remember. Remember that God has something for you. Something better, something greater, something just ahead. Receive the word of the Lord this morning. Remember that God has something for you today. Right now, wherever you are, whatever situation you are in, remember that God has something for you, something better, something greater, something just ahead. And it's exciting. At this stage of the journey of Israel and at this stage of your journey, God still has something better and greater for each and every one of us. And so the journey started, even as they crossed the Red Sea. 
you know, the book of Ezra says that they journeyed in stages, you know, and they, it, it wasn't a, a direct path that they made towards the promised land. All right, zigzag all the way, go through all the different kinds of journeying. But the, from the Red Sea to Mount Sinai was actually about only 260 kilometers. 260 kilometers. And so, if you can walk about 23 kilometers a day, you can reach in just about 11 days. Is it possible to walk 23 kilometers a day? Yeah, some of you say, ah, yeah, 23 kilometers, that's chuchokodok only, lah, you know. And nothing, nothing at all, you know. And those of you who are golfers, hey, you go down to the golf course, you play for uh, uh, 18 holes, that's about 7 kilometers already. So what, what, what is it, you know? And there's a lot of playing and looking for balls in between, you know. So one day, hi, no problem. 23 kilometers is no problem. And so it's a short journey, actually. And so they journey in. Alright, God says, come to the mountain, you know, and I will meet you there. You shall worship the Lord at the mount of God. And so they journeyed, you know, right up to here and Mount Sinai is over there. And uh, God, when they reached the foot of Mount Sinai, about 20 kilometers away, still from Mount Sinai, you know, and uh, 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 the Lord says, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself because I will appear to you on the third day. And as we explained last, uh, uh, last uh, uh, week on Pentecost Day, that's when God appeared to, even to the people of Israel. And that was the giving of the law. On the third day, on Pentecost, be ready, God says, because I'm going to meet you. And uh, last week we considered, you know, Pentecost is God's big move. God's big move. And, uh, but today, I'd like to talk about not God's big move, but your big move right now. It is going to be your big move. What big move are you going to make? So after experiencing the great power of God, you know, in lightning and in thunder, in manifestations, in giving of the law, in miracles there, the foot of the hill, you find that, wow, they must have been all charged up and ready to go in to possess the land. But guess what? That's not what happened. They decided to settle in at Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. And so then the people lingered. They did not go straight to the promised land. For whatever reason it is, and there at Mount Horeb, the mountain of God, they dwelt. Not for one day, not for one month, but for almost a year. They dwelt there for almost a year. They did not move at all. They stayed put. And so sometimes you will find that God has to come down and speak His word even to us to reiterate His plan. You see, the journey from Goshen, from Egypt towards Mount Sinai, and then after that from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, and after that even to the Promised Land. From Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, we have just read chapter 1 verse 2. It is only 11 days journey. So you find that towards the Promised Land is very near already. Very near already. And yet, it took the people 
40 years. Not 11 days, but 40 years. Can you just imagine that? An 11 days journey turned out to be an 40 years wandering. And so they left. They met God here at Mount Sinai. There are different places that they stopped. And then at Kadesh Bane, they circle around, circle around, circle around. And finally, you know, they went up even towards uh, 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 the east side of Jordan before they finally cross over and possess the land. And so that's why we must understand that in the journey of life, we cannot be staying put. We must be on the move. An 11 days journey turned out to be 40 years wandering. Turn to your neighbor and say, 40 years is too long. 40 years is too long. Some of you who are older, who are 80 years old, say, hi, pastor, very short on here, 40 years, very short, come and go, just like that. But when you're in the wilderness, it's a long time. So on the move, the first move, there are three kinds of moves. The first move we must make is to move out. Everybody say move out. That is living the mountain. God says you have stayed long enough at this mountain. It's time to move out. Move out out of your comfort zone. Eleven months of dwelling there allow the people to grow accustomed to life at the foot of Mount Sinai. Life was good. They got, they got everything made out. The presence of God was so near. And for food, God just dropped quails from heaven, even water from the rocks. And it's not bad. It's not bad. And so they began to settle in to that place until God had to shake them up from their complacency and say, you have dwelt long enough already at this mountain. The mountain of God. Where are you dwelling in today? It's so very easy for us to settle into a life of ease and complacency. It may not be ease for some of you, but even in the midst of difficulties, we can become complacent instead of seeking God for the victory. Tell your neighbor, don't get comfort comfortable on the mountain. Amen. Some of us are too comfortable on the mountain already. You know, life can become very easy in a way, isn't it? I mean, comfortable, all right? It may, not be, it may not be easy. There will be struggles, but you become very comfortable where you are. In your spiritual life, it's so easy to get comfortable. I read two chapters a day from the Bible. I pray in tongues 15 minutes a day. I come to church on Sunday. I do good works every now and then. Thank you, Lord. I'm your faithful servant. Is that all there is to the Christian life? 
And even in your job, even in your career, even in your business, it's easy to get comfortable, comfortable and settle for the status quo. I've got a good job. I've got a good pay. So you don't strive for more anymore. You are comfortable. You are settling. And when God says, move out, move out of the comfort zone, we find it difficult. Why? Because we are too comfortable already. We don't want any change. The greatest hindrance we have to moving out is our own concern. Preoccupation with our comfort. And the word of the Lord warns us against such kind of settling in in our comfort zone. Zephaniah chapter 1 verse 2. And you have come about at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lambs. And I will punish the men who are stagnant in spirit. There's complacency. There's settling in into your comfort zone. Those who are stagnant in spirit. Or another version says, those who are complacent. Oh, I pray that we will not be stagnant in our spirit. In our journey with God, there is always something more that God has for us. That, that, let there be no stagnancy in our spirit. I want to grow. I want to grow. God does not look kindly at stagnancy in spirit at all. Who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good or evil. God, you are not working. You are not doing anything. So I'm not doing anything at all. They are waiting for God to move. They do not see the hand of God moving. So therefore, they do nothing as well. Jeremiah 48 verse 11, Moab has been at ease since his youth. Complacent, comfort zone since his youth. Amos chapter 6 verse 46 as well. Question is, is it time to move? For the Israelites, it was very clear. You have settled, you have dwelt long enough at this mountain. It's time to move. Of course, when God speaks to us in that manner, it's time to move, then we better move. It's very clear. But there are other indications that it is time for us to move out of our comfort zone. A.W. Tozer, in his book called Rod, Rod, or Revival, The Problem of Change and Breaking Out of the Status Quo, he asked the question, what is the most treacherous enemy facing the church and facing the Christian? The answer is the dictatorship of the routine. The dictatorship of the routine. In life, there are three progressive stages. First of all, the routine. Where everything becomes a routine, too many are caught up in the routine. What is a routine? It is repeating without feeling, without meaning, without wonder, without happy surprises or expectations. You can go through the motions, in other words, and feel nothing at all. And to be honest, sometimes I, I get caught into that. 
we can come to church, we sing a song, oh, see, everybody sing the same song, oh, we know the song, and after that, our minds are wandering everywhere. We don't expect, we don't feel anything, we don't feel the amazement at all. We can go through the motion of worship as a routine without a stirring in the spirit. That's a treacherous enemy. And then you fall into a rut. A rut is a bondage to your routine when everything can be predicted and nobody expects anything unusual from God. That's when we are in a rut. A routine you can go through right now. A rut means, well, you know, next week you already don't know what's going to happen in the Sunday service. You can predict everything that's going to happen. That's a rut already. And in your life, week in and week out, nothing. You do not expect anything uh, uh, to happen at all. That's a rut already. You know what your children are, is, they are going to do. You know where you are going to be and all those things. It's a rut. And then the worst of all is to rot. Worst of all is when you begin to rot. The non-expectation takes over and spiritual rigidity sets in. You are unable to visualize anything better. What has been determines what is and what is will determine what will be. You are rotting already. I pray that none of us will get stuck in any of these three stages. The routine, the rut, and the rot. Instead, We'll look for a revival. Revival is the answer. That's when we need to move out of the comfort zone, move out of the routine, move out of the rod, move out of the rod and experience revival. And we must constantly move out. And I'm not just talking about physical, I'm talking about the spiritual as well. We must move out of our comfort zone. And for me as a preacher, I face that kind of challenge. It's very easy, you know, instead of preparing the sermon, praying to God and seeking God, God, what are you saying to the people? What do you want to say to the people? You can just pluck a message from the internet and just preach and go through the routine. But no, I expect God to move. Andy Chong, our worship leader, today, I met him in the leaders, uh, cell leaders retreat. And he asked me, Pastor, what are you preaching on uh, this Sunday? Uh? And, uh, he wants to prepare the song in, just in case. Uh, you know? I said, I don't know. I said, most likely I will preach on trusting God with your money. You know? Oh, talking about money. Uh? Okay, trusting God with your money. You know? But as I pray along, I was ready and I was preparing already along this line. I preached yesterday and I, I, I know I'm preaching today. I thought of preaching two different messages. But yesterday morning I woke up and said, no, somebody needs this message right here. And so trusting God with your money will come the next one. All right? <laughs> it will still come. But sometimes the timing of it. But when we minister the word of the Lord, I expect something from God. I expect souls to be saved. I expect lives to be touched. I expect somebody to receive the word of the Lord. Otherwise, we come to church, we waste our time. If there's no expectation, 
if everybody settles in to the comfort zone. I expect somebody to be healed in different ways. Revival. Revival. So move out of your comfort zone. We have to move out of our comfort zone. What is our comfort zone? A comfort zone is a beautiful place. But nothing ever grows there. Nothing grows there. And where is the magic going to happen? Not in your comfort zone. But rather, outside there. That's where the magic happens. As somebody has said, great things never came from comfort zones. Great songs, great poems, great books, they come out of the crucibles of life, the fires of life. Some of the songs that we sing, we sing, you know, as if, well, it's just another song. But if you were to know the history of that song, oh, those people, it's what they have gone through in life. The difficulties, the challenges, the pain, the heartache. And out of that, they wrote such beautiful songs that touches the very soul of a person. There are great things that are inside you. But when we are too comfortable, it doesn't come out at all. But when we decide to move out of our comfort zone and allow God to take us, then beautiful things can happen. So turn to your neighbor and say, time to move out. And say to yourself, I'm moving out. I'm talking about comfort zone, huh? I'm not asking young children to move out from your parents' house. I'm not asking husband and wife to move out. No, 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 no. All right? I'm talking about the comfort zone. So don't miss God. Pastor says, uh, no, no, uh, I encourage me to move out. So bye-bye, dear. I'm moving out. No, 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 no. You are now living the comfort zone. And once somebody leaves the comfort zone, I say, hallelujah, things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. So the first move is to move out. The second move is to move on. Everybody say, move on. It is time to break camp and to move on. Go, go to the mountains of the MRIs. In the New Living Translation, it says, moving on means breaking barriers of the past. It's time to move on. Move on. Six letters, two words, easy to say, hard to explain, and harder to do. Isn't that true? It's very easy for me to say, hey, move on now. But for a lot of people, that's the hardest thing to do. Because of what they have experienced in their journey in life. It's not easy. But we have to do it. Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites in the New King James Version in verse 7. It says, the mountains here is not the mountain of God anymore. It's not Horeb. It's not Sinai. But the mountains of the Amorites 
obstacles, hindrance, challenge, difficulties, problems. And we cannot move on. We cannot break the barrier of the past. Many of us find it so difficult. And yet God says very clearly, break camp and move on. Break that barrier of the past and move on. The problem about trying to move on is we are, while we are wanting to move on in life, we are always looking back. We are always looking back. And that's the greatest hindrance in life, the past. We cannot. We find it difficult to break, to have a clean break with the past. And because of that, we are always held back. Even this young, young boy here, super boy, still looking back. Looking back, even though we are trying to move on. But what is the past? The past is something that's done. There's nothing that you can do about it already. The past is done. It's over. There's nothing any one of us can do about it. Yes, we can learn lessons from it. Yes, if we have done wrong, we repent from it. We come in confession before the Lord. But after that, it's done and it's time to move on. It's time to move on. Sometimes you just need to move on. In a relationship, for example, boy and girl, they fall in love, but after some years, or even after many years, the boy or the girl decided to leave the other person. And that poor person is left hanging there. The girl who loves the boy so much and yet couldn't get over it. And because of that, her life, her future is all affected. She couldn't move on. She was still in pain, heartbroken, jilted. It's time to move on. And for those of us who have lost our loved ones, The grief is still there. And we find it so hard to move on, to face the reality that the person that you have slept with beside you in your bed for 40 years, 50 years, and every time you wake up in the night, you look at the bed is empty. And it's so hard to move on. We learned about that in the grief support yesterday. But sometimes you just need to move on. It's difficult. But in that journey of life, there will be mistakes that we make. Some more than others, but everybody will make mistakes. And if we just wallow in self-pity and regrets over our mistakes in life, and not break camp with the past, then we will be forever in bondage and not able to move on. And that's what happened to the Israelites really. 
Why? Why were they? Why did? How, how come? Eleven days journey turned out to be a nightmare of forty years in the wilderness. Because they were not willing to let go of the past. They kept saying, Egypt is better. Our life is Egypt. Egypt, Egypt. So though physically they were set free from Egypt, but in their mind, in their emotion, in their love, in their affection, it was still in Egypt. They couldn't move on. And God couldn't give them something better because of their reluctance to move on. Brothers and sisters, it's time to move on. How deep a hurt it has been. Somebody has hurt you. Don't dwell in the land, in a mountain of unforgiveness, of anger, of bitterness. It's time to let go and just move on in life. How you feel towards those people who have done you injury or done you wrong, it's not going to affect them, but it's going to affect you. So it's time to break camp with the past and just move on in life again because God has a future for each and every one of us. Even though you now you have to travel alone, but God will be with you. The Lord will strengthen you. There are people whom God brings into our life and they bless us. Thank God for that. But if for whatever reason they leave us, whether by their own choice or whether by, their, by, by circumstances or by death, and we lose them, remember that these people are just part of our life, part of our history, part of our journey, but they are not our destination. They do not determine our destiny. And when they are removed from us, we need to move on. Move on. And go to the next level. Go to the next level. God will lead you to the hill country of the Amorites, to all the neighboring regions, Jordan Valley, hill country, western fields, anywhere. Go to the next level. The hindrance here is fear. Fear of the unknown. But, but I don't know what to do. I, I've been, you know, so dependent on the person. I... I, I I don't know where to go. The fear of the unknown. But that is the next level that God has prepared even for you. And then, starting a new journey. Break, break camp with the past and start a new journey. Move on in your life. Make a resolution. It is time to move on. In Genesis chapter 30, verse 25 to verse 26. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I have served you and I will be on my way. You know how much I've done for you. Story of Jacob. All this while, he was living under the covering, under the provision of Laban, the father-in-law. For over 20 years, he has been you know, comfortable there. Everything is provided for. But then one day, he realized, hey, I cannot just stay here. 
There's no progress in my life anymore. I'm not making any headway anymore in my life. I'm stuck. And so one day he decided and he said to Laban, send me on my way. I need to move on. I need to move on. I need to build my own family. I need to take care of my own family. Yes, thank you very much. You have provided for me that much. But I must venture out. Send me on my way and I will be on my way. That's moving on, my brother, my sister. He has the courage to do it. He could have settled there and died there. But thank God for this move that he made to start a new journey. So you must make a decision that you are going to move on. That will be the start of a new journey for you. Everybody say, move on. It's time to move on. And thirdly, the third move we need to make in the journey of life is to move forward. Everybody say, move forward. Step into God's promise. Verse 8. I am giving all this land to you. Wow, what a promise. What a promise. I am giving all this land to you. All that you need, I am giving it to you. But what must you do? You have to go in and occupy it. So many of us have the promises of God. We only just hang on to it. We only listen to it. We only say, yeah, amen, hallelujah, thank you, God. But God says what? You must move forward. You have to go in. You have to go in yourself. It's not, it's not, just, it's, it's not going to be delivered to you. But you have to go in and occupy it. In other words, step into God's promise for you. We have to move forward and God, into God's great plans for each one of our lives. It is a call to advance. God's call is a call to advance. God's people were not meant to stay where they are. They were meant to go forward. God is concerned. He's passionate for the advancement of His people. He has so much in store for us. It's time for us to step into our promise. When God says, you can't see it, sorry. When God says, go, don't say no. God says, go, don't say no. You see, we are either going forward, standing still, or falling behind. In our journey in life, going forward, are you going forward? Or are you standing still? Or are you falling behind? Where are you? God says, go in and occupy. Well, there will, it's not going to be easy. There are enemies and giants to confront. Battles to be fought. Stumbling blocks of unbelief. Main thing is unbelief. In our devotion, re going, reading through the Bible, we are on the book of Hebrew. And yeah, just a few days ago, I read Hebrew chapter 3. Wow! It, tell, it tells about what Deuteronomy talks about here. 
Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, the Holy Spirit says, man, the Holy Spirit was already working in the wilderness. We think that God is not active in the Old Testament. But chapter 3, verse 7, the Holy Spirit says, do not harden your hearts. And they'll begin to relate how they, in the days of provocation because of their unbelief, you know, and God says, you tested me in the wilderness for 40 years. I show you my mighty words. It's only the book of Hebrews. But because of their unbelief, there, there will be stumbling blocks. But remember that you are designed even to fight. We have been given the whole armor of God. In other words, we are to advance as soldiers. Or not, not settlers, not squatters, but we are soldiers. Why I keep moving forward? Four things that will help to keep you forward, move forward. Saviour is in me, or Saviour is in you. Sins are behind you. Spirit empowers you. And we have a hope in Christ. That is enough to motivate anyone to keep moving forward. Young and old, all right? Sometimes we say, oh, you keep moving forward. I, uh, pastor, go and talk to the young. You know, what is there to move forward some more? You know, I was so glad yesterday in the, in, in the, in the service, you know, an elderly woman, a long-time church member, I think she's about maybe 70 plus, 80 years old, said, hey, this message is for me. This message is for me. I, I, I'm moving forward, you know, and, 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 and people think that there's nothing for the, for the seniors to move forward uh, uh, anymore. But there is something even for every one of us. Somebody say amen. The important place here is Kadesh Baniel. Kadesh Baniel is an important place. And God told them to move from Sinai to Kadesh Baniel and from there to enter into the promised land. That is the threshold of God's promise. They were at the threshold of God's promise already. And what are you going to do? God says, go! But instead of going in, you know what they did? From Kadesh Baniel, they sent in the 12 spies. They sent in the 12 spies and 10 came back with a bad report. Don't go in. There are giants in the land. We cannot defeat them. We are too small. And because of that, they could not enter in for a while. It was delayed again. And God had to deal with them. But Kadesh Barnea, many of us are at the threshold of God's promise. We are standing at Kadesh Barnea. What are we going to do? Are we going to move forward? Are we going to retreat? God is about to move in your life. Everybody say, God is about to move in my life. God is about to move in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is about to move. You are at your Kadesh Baniel. He's going to just take you in if you will just trust Him and His promises and step in to occupy the land, to possess whatever that He has promised even for each one of us. God is moving us from where we have been camped for so long and leading us into His promise. So it's time to break camp. It's time to move on. It's time to move forward even in the Lord. Everybody say, move forward. Amen. Move forward. We have to move forward. So move out. Move on and move forward.
what is needed. To move out, to move on, and to move forward. Let me just take you. There, there are so many things that we can just, you know, uh, put together on this to help us. But let me just read from Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have been taken hold of, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So what is needed? To move out, move on, and move forward. The first thing is to take responsibility of your life. Make a decision to move. Paul says, this is what I do. This one thing I do. It's something that you can do. It's something that you can decide. It starts off with that decision to say, yes, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. And then do not dwell on the past. Learn to let go. Forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is behind. And then take hold of the future. Straining toward what is ahead. It is a straining. It's not going to come easy. There will be battles and struggles, but you strain. You reach out towards the future. And the future is bright. Whenever we are in God, our future is always bright. Somebody say, Amen. Take hold of the future. And then set some goals. What do you want from the Lord? I press on toward the goal. You aim at nothing and you will get nothing. But begin to set goals and ask of the Lord in your journey in life. And be positive. Be very positive. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. Paul says, not that I have, but even though I have not attained everything, he could just say, oh, I, I don't have so many things in life. No. But he says, he focused on I'm pressing on. He's very positive in his walk with the Lord. You don't hear any grumbling of what he's lacking, what he doesn't have. But he messed it up by saying, I am pressing on towards the Lord. I know that God has more than enough for me. And embrace transitions and change in our life, in the different stages of life, in the different uh, uh, part of our journey. God will shift you sometimes. And be open to Him. And overcome fear. We'll talk about that. Fear holds many of us back. And have faith in the Lord. Have faith, not unbelief, but faith. Trust in the promises of God. And number nine, recognize that there is more ahead. That's what the book of Deuteronomy is all about. There is more ahead for each one of us. And lastly, number 10, put God at the center of our hope and plans. Look to Jesus for that which you are trusting Him. Paul says, Jesus took hold of me. Jesus took hold of me. 
my life, everything, my journey. Jesus took a hold of me. I've been apprehended by Jesus. I'm controlled by Jesus. That's how we move forward, church. Ask the worship team to just come. So tell, tell yourself, it's time to move. To move out, to leave your comfort zone, to move on, to break barriers of the past, and to move forward, to step into God's promises. Our God is a God of, who is known as El Shaddai. What is El Shaddai? The God who is more than enough. The God who is more than enough. When they were at Mount Horeb, when they were in the wilderness, yeah, everything was sufficient. All right? They have enough. Whatever that they need to eat, they just go out and pick and enough. They cannot even carry forward to the next day. Enough for the day. But once they entered into the promised land, by the law of sowing and reaping, they begin to sow into the land. And what happens? They have more than enough. They begin to experience the blessings of God. More than enough. Whatever they sow, you find in the land of milk and honey, everything was productive. Everything was fruitful. They have more than enough. Are you going to live your life just barely enough in the wilderness wandering of 40 years? Or are you going to step into the promises of God, the El Shaddai, and you then will know and experience more than enough, abundant, overflowing in your life. You can experience that when you learn to move out, move on, and move forward. Let's pray.
will be passionate to follow you. So Lord, we thank you that you are moving your people out, that they are moving on with you, and you will take your people forward with you, dear Lord. Oh, into all the promises of God. So thank you for your healing. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for the provision. Thank you, dear Lord, that you are with us even as we follow after you, dear God. So bless your people even as we go from here. In every stages of life's journey, dear Lord, you will lead them to possess, dear Lord, the promises that you have for us. So bless your people and we'll give you the praise and we'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray and the people of God say, Amen. 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 God bless you. Go with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Amen.